0: Dreaming heavy metal
1: we rock. but the evil that men do <laughs> on.
0: We gonna bang your head.
2: you are now listening to the music mania podcast a hard-hitting show featuring all things hard rock and heavy metal And now here are your hosts. The Twins of Chaos, Clint Switzer and Paul Lagana. Welcome to yet another edition of the Music Mania Podcast. So great to have you. It's Clint Switzer, Paul Lagana sitting in here. We have a huge guest coming up today, Chris Broderick. Former Jag Panzer, Nevermore guitarist, and of course you know him from his work. He was in Megadeth for seven years, recorded three albums with the band, numerous world tours. We're going to be talking to him about his new band, Active Defiance, and the album that's been out about a year now, Birth and the Burial. Great stuff, heavy stuff. Chris Broderick, man, great guitar player. Cannot wait to hear what he has to say about his time in Megadeth and more.
1: Clint, it's always great to be here, my brother, and I just want to let everybody know they can hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Also, they can download the show for free on iTunes. It's buddy.
2: free? That's Thank goodness for that. I would hate to think of anyone paying money, but... <laughs> I, I'm not sure I would.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but again, no, like you said, we do have a great guest, Chris Broderick. Uh, this guy's done a lot of stuff. Uh, Megadeth, obviously, and like you said, the new uh, Act of Defiance stuff is brilliant.
2: It is super heavy. He and Sean Drover, who was his bandmate in Megadeth, they kind of left the band around the same time um, you know, about a year and a half to two years ago. And now here they are doing this new band, Active Defiance. It's great stuff. Megadeth goes on. They just recorded their new album. It's just been out a little while, Dystopia. And I think, you know, Chris, for him, I think it was a, a, a chance to creatively go in a new direction. And I think that's kind of what he stated in other interviews. And we'll ask him kind of more about him leaving Megadeth. But he and Sean uh, forming Active Defiance. It's great stuff. They're going to be out on the road this summer. We're going to talk to them about that tour. And I'll tell you what, it is our pleasure to go ahead and bring on our guest at this time. Chris Broderick, Chris, welcome to the show, man. How's everything going in your world, buddy?
0: Things are going great, and uh, I just want to say thanks for having me.
2: Oh, anytime, man. We're we're grateful to have you on. Grateful to talk about this uh, tour. I mean, Active Defiance, uh, the album came out, I think it was about a year ago, and I want to get into that because uh, it, it's a, it's an album that's got a lot of critical, you know, appeal. The, the fans love it. It's a, it's birth and the burial. What? How has the reception been as far as things have you heard and just kind of what's been the fallout from that album and, and, and how happy were you with it?
0: Uh, I was extremely happy with it. The, the reception has been great. You know, everywhere we go, people, uh, people tell us how kind of refreshing it is just to hear such an aggressive metal album. Um, you know, some people didn't know what to expect from it. I think when, when we came up with the, you know, when we put the band together. And uh, so I think when it came out, I think they were really surprised at uh,
2: you know, how heavy we were willing to push it. That's absolutely the case. I and mean, that goes for me, too. The first time I uh, heard the album, I was shocked. I mean, it, it is extremely heavy, just wonderfully crafted metal songs. And I'll tell you, I mean, you, of course, formed the band uh, with Sean Drover. Uh, you guys kind of left Megadeth together. And um, what, uh, you know, kind of going back to that, was it kind of a mutual thing at that point where you guys, um, you know, it was in 2014, I think you guys announced uh, you were leaving right, right. leaving Megadeth, was it kind of a thing, hey, we want to go do this thing, This, uh, or did you even have a project in mind when you left Megadeth, or was it just kind of something that happened organically?
0: No, it was, uh, you know, we didn't have a project in mind. In fact, uh, it was a bit of a surprise to me when Sharon left, but I think our both of us, heads were in the same place we just knew that it was time to go you know when Sean did leave I was like that's you know that's the right decision because you know you don't Dave was just starting to work on his next CD and uh, you know you don't want to go into that with you know when your heart's not in it so um, it was it was definitely a good time to leave and then when Sean and I were talking after the fact you know, I was I was planning on doing my own solo project, and, you know, he was, of course, planning on doing his own thing, and, you know, we started talking about the idea of releasing, you know, material that we'd written, and then from there, it quickly became, hey, you know, let's form a band. Let's put it together and, and get stuff out.
2: Well, it's absolutely. It's great stuff. You guys got a big tour here kicking off in the next month or so. I mean, I think you're going out and doing a bunch of shows uh with Hatebreed, at least 20 30 shows here. I mean, what what's uh like gearing up for this tour uh that you guys are going to go on with Hatebreed? I think Devil Driver is also involved in some of those dates as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a killer time, you know. Matt knows those guys really well and and uh it's just we're looking forward to it, you know. It's going to be uh I think a fan base that uh we wouldn't normally get, and uh, but I do think we're we're close enough to what they listen to that they'll really dig it, and uh, that's what we're looking for right now, you know we're trying to, to reach out to, to more and more people
2: oh, absolutely, and I encourage everyone to go check out the um the album which is the birth and the Burial, and it's been out about a year now and uh, not quite a year, but it's it's a Extremely heavy, great stuff in live. I, I can't wait to see the show. I think uh, we're in Kansas City. I think the closest you guys are coming to is Oklahoma City, but I may just have to run down there to, to Bricktown and, and check you guys out, man. That's how pumped I am about this project. You and uh, you guys just uh, you know again really enjoy the album. Can't wait for the tour. But uh, you know when you know as we go back to your, to, to Megadeth, I mean um, one thing I think find fascinating about you is that your influences are such a wide range of, of music from classical and jazz uh, to, to metal, and you list actually Marty Friedman. Former Megadeth guitarist as an influence of yours. So, what was it like? Was this kind of a kind of a dream come true situation? Whenever uh, you did join Megadeth, which I believe was back in 2008.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, for me, it was uh, it was definitely, you know, something I couldn't believe that was happening at first. Actually, when I first got the call, it was you know, I almost thought it was kind of a somebody playing a prank on me. But uh, I quickly realized that that wasn't the case. So. <laughs> i got to work you
1: know awesome so back in 2010-11 uh you guys did the uh big four stadium shows uh believe Mm -hmm. there were 14 of them anthrax metallica and slayer with you guys was there ever a plan to do any more of those uh no
0: no there wasn't um you know it would have been an awesome thing but uh i think it you know that's <laughs> obviously you know i didn't have i, I wasn't one of the decision makers and that i was thinking it was all across the world but um you know i, I don't think there was any other plan
2: yeah that is too, that it was too bad i think there was only two shows uh, in in america which new york and uh, indigo california which you guys did and a lot of success you guys had a dvd come out from that uh the, the, Live show was awesome and uh kind of a tour I you know wish would have got gotten more play. But you talk about not being maybe a decision maker. Dave Mustaine um, has nothing but has just said glowing things about you at the time that you were in the band. He said that you were his favorite guitarist that's ever been in Megadeth. Um you, you know, he after you left, he's you know said that he missed kind of that, that chemistry. This is before they'd even hired another guitarist. But I mean, talk about your relationship, what it was like with Dave Mustaine and kind of what the writing process you were you were on three albums, in game thirteen and super collab what was kind of the writing process for those albums and just your relationship with Dave in general
0: right right well the writing process was very you know one where you know Dave is and he very much had the reins on the on the writing and uh, but you know he would always uh, ask for our input and get our opinions on things so you know we would definitely uh, try and contribute as much as possible um but at the end of the day, you know, you want it to sound like Megadeth, so you're going, you're going to the source. You're going to the
2: Spain. Absolutely, and that's that's understandable with a band like that. And I just, uh, I was, a, of course, a huge fan of of your work with Megadeth. But you know, the thing of that is, is, um, and one thing I find fascinating about you is, again, I listed the the kind of influence. I mean, you were a classically trained player. You have a degree in music. I mean, that's that's kind of rare um, in the metal world. I mean, how how did the likes, I mean, you list guys like George Lynch, Paul Gilbert, Dimebag Daryl, but also classical and jazz. How did all of those types of music kind of work in concert and informing your own style?
0: You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, it's, it's hilarious. Uh, sometimes I wish I didn't have some of those influences because it's one of those things, as soon as I see a great guitarist, they could be in any form of music. But as soon as I see them, I'm like, oh, that's... I, I just I I can't believe how well whoever it is that I'm listening to can play, and I'm like, oh, I got to be able to do that, so I'll start working on that, and you know, then I'll see the next guy, you know, if it's a flamenco player, oh, I got to be able to do that, and so I'll start working on that, and then I'll see the next, you know, the next person, oh, I got to be able to do some slapping and popping on the guitar, you know, it's it's a little scattering actually in a way, but. Um, but it's what I like, you know, so...
2: Well, you're also a teacher. I mean, guitar lessons, uh, you do guitar lessons, you do our teacher, which I would find a little intimidating as someone like me that has no guitar ability. Like, I would prefer to walk in and have, like, some geeky guy in glasses and, like, a receding hairline be my guitar teacher. Like, I don't know if Chris Broderick, I don't know how, how that would go, but what an amazing opportunity that is for fans to, to get that or for people, get you know, aspiring guitar players. I mean, how gratifying is that for you to be able to do that? And is there hope for me, really, after all? <laughs>
0: Well, you know at the at the end of the day, you really have to just come back and think about why you're playing the instrument, and that is just you know that you really love it, you really enjoy it and that's all that really matters, you know besides that, there's no criteria so me as a teacher, I always kind of keep that in mind, and you know i don't I don't have any criteria for the level of student that I have. I do think I have some really good students um but you know, I also have some students that are, are more on the beginner side as well, but the one thing that I really enjoy most out of any student, whether they're advanced or they're just beginning, is is that they enjoy what they do, that they, they value, you know, the information that I have to offer and, and that they really take it to heart.
2: Well, so. absolutely, and, and that's one thing that I find fascinating about the rock world is there's so many different... Uh, styles of playing in so many different ways that that um, you that you come to the instrument, and that's what I wanted to ask you about is because uh, someone like Ace Frehley from Kiss has always talked about he can't read a note of music. He picked up a guitar, he self-taught himself. There's a lot of guys out there like that. Then. There's there's guys that are just classically trained like they were Beethoven or you know Beethoven or Mozart that just had this this unbelievable ability to read music and to every note means something and, and um I I'm not mm-hmm. trying to pigeonhole you with with that necessarily yourself but like what, is there pros and cons to kind of either way or is is it is it kind of just like whatever works for you I mean does it does it matter to you yeah, I really you
0: know what I think at the end of the day your personality is going to guide you the way that you want to learn the most and there's definitely pros and cons to each um, you know obviously being able to read music you'll, you'll understand full more fully more what's going on and why things work together and, and you still and you not understand you know the, the subdivision of rhythm and time and all of that but you know through having to take the time and study that stuff you're also missing out on let's say Maybe an improvisational aspect where you just get together with your friends and kind of hash it out and, you know, somehow make it work. So for me, you know, there are definitely pros and cons, but at the end of the day, I think it's each individual's personality that kind of leads them down the path. And I I always advocate, you know, just learn, as long as you're learning, learning what you're interested in. And then once you exhaust an area, you know, you're like, oh man, I really love this playing these rock songs and learning these these tunes and then after a while you'll be like okay I'm pretty good at this you know I can play quite a few tunes what's next you know what am I interested in now and then hopefully at the end of the day people come full circle and they go through a lot of different material and then you know and everybody's at the same point but just through different paths
2: absolutely Chris the band is Active Defiance the tour is coming up coming to a city near you here starting in uh uh, late April, and then starting again in May, and we just can't think enough. You know, one final thing. You know, the band's called Active Defiance. I wanted to ask you this: Is there a moment in your career that was kind of a defining moment? Because you, before you joined Megadeth, you played with Jag Panzer, Nevermore. You played huge stadiums, festivals with Megadeth for seven years. You have this new band that's 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 just uh, you know, it's really strong, heavy stuff that everyone seemed to enjoy. Is there a moment that just stands out to you where you just almost were in disbelief of of what you were doing on stage or in a studio? Or meeting somebody?
0: Well, I, I mean there are different aspects of that. Yeah, I, I would definitely say the very first big four was was when I was on stage and I, I just the uh, the overwhelming reality of where I was at, I couldn't believe, you know. Um it was so awesome to play for that many people and, and just you could feel the energy in the air, you know, there were so many people that it was great. And then you know, Metallica—they were so generous with not only you know their their time um, and and letting it jam with them up on stage, but also uh, you know they're like, if you need to use our rehearsal room, just let us know. You know, they were they uh, really opened up the gate and made you feel like it was like a thrash community as opposed to just you know a large bill. Yeah, yeah, and then you know, for for me, you know, it's not all about what you do on stage, you know, I think one of my most defining moments was when a, uh, a kid had come up to me and told me that he was using one of my uh, compositions, this, this piece called The Downward Fall, for his audition material to get into Berkeley music, um, college, you know, music of college, <laughs> college of music, and uh so it was like that to me is is a really defining moment as well you know that you can have that kind of an impact on people
2: absolutely that's uh, and that's what the genre does it brings so many people together in so many different ways and i tell you what chris cannot thank you for, for enough for joining us it's been just a huge pleasure we're going to see you out on tour we'll catch up with you somewhere down the line out there in the stratosphere as active defiance goes on tour defining moment for you guys as well so we'll see you on tour good luck with that and we will catch up with you soon my man All right. Thanks a lot, Clint. You betcha. Thanks, Chris. See
0: you, Bob.